0: It doesn't do the things that I want it to do. I'm sick of the way that it it is an odd shape. Uh, It doesn't fit where I want it to fit. Uh, And so I'm I'm done with it. I'm done with my my body. And what I hope to do today is to respond to that a little bit from from what the Bible says about our wonderful bodies. Um, One of the interesting uh, documentaries that's come out is one that's done by by Dove, which is a beauty product of soap, apparently. Um, and what they did was they got a uh, forensic um, artist. So, the guy, you know, the guys who work for the police and they draw um, the, the IDs or the, the pictures from the descriptions of, uh, of, of alleged criminals or whatever. Um, and what they did was they, they had women come in and describe themselves to this... So, the guy's behind the screen, so you can't see them. So, the women come in themselves and they describe themselves, their faces, to the, uh, the, the, drawer, the artist and he, he draws them. Then they get somebody who, has, who knows the woman to come in and describe her again to the artist. And he draws the, uh, the, the woman according to the description of somebody who knows her. And what happens is every one of the women describe themselves much more harshly than do the people they know them. And you can see the difference here. So the one on the left is, is the way the woman saw herself and the one on the right is the way that other people saw her. And, and the uh, the Dove beauty product saying, you know, that we need to to be a little bit gentler with ourselves in our self perception, because, of course, we, we realise, we live in a very image saturated, sex saturated world, the the and we we are constantly bombarded with with images of human bodies which are either very unusual human bodies, not the usual human bodies or, and I in addition, often photoshopped. And, and the, our default in this, in this avalanche of media that we're receiving is to think that that's normal and that we don't match up to that uh, image that we get hit with. But we 21st century Westerners are not the first people to struggle with, uh, with bodies. Uh, Plato. Uh, An ancient Greco-Roman philosopher who has had a huge influence on Christian thought down through or world thought, down through the centuries, said the body was basically an evil thing that you sort of you tried to disconnect yourself from your body. Uh, That the spirit, the inner being, was the real being, the holy being, the pure being, and your life struggle was to sort of, you know, deal with, manage, or separate this 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 physical body. Um, and then, then a few centuries later in the Enlightenment along came Charles Darwin with the theory of evolution which said that the human body is just an evolved ape um, and that, that the, the, the struggle of humanity is to cut its, get away from its primitive bodily uh, essence towards the rational, intellectual, pure, good essence. And you can see that that as well. So when you bring the Greco-Roman understanding alongside this sort of evolutionary understanding, you can see why we begin to have troubles with our bodies and, and our relationships with these bodies. And so we end up with two scenarios. We end up with the one scenario where, where people worship their bodies. Uh, they, 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 they are focused on that and it's, it's all about the bodies. It's about the right food, uh, it's about the right exercise. Uh, it's, it's about the, the right clothes to put on the body. Uh, the body is their God and they are worshipping people often. The other end of the spectrum, though, is that rather than worshipping and loving and, and making it all about our body, the other end is to want to sort of hate our body. Well, there's a spectrum there, isn't it? Sort of One end of the spectrum is to just neglect it, to ignore it and sort of hope it goes away. And the other end of the spectrum is self-harm, where we actually hate our bodies. Uh, and and we, we in this image-saturated, sex-saturated world, this is where we, we end these sort of tensions that we struggle with. So what is the Christian understanding of, of the body? Well, in, in the Scriptures in Genesis, right at the start, uh, God sets out, There's three key verses we'll look at in Genesis which set out our understanding of the body. The first is chapter 1, verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You could preach 50 sermons on that. Um, But just the the, the idea of being created in God's image. Uh, In the ancient world, um, there was no TV and so if you were part of somebody's empire, um, you would probably not even know it. Uh, you know, if you were, if you were living in, in the Middle East and the, you were under Roman rule, the emperor probably never came. Uh, how did you know you were under the rule of that emperor? Well, what they did was they used to create statues of themselves and put them all over the empire so that people would walk down the street and see the statue and go, oh, oh yeah, that's right, that's my, that's my lord. Uh, There, And that word for that statue, that, that image, is this word. And so when God created us, one of the purposes of his creation was to create us as his image bearers in the world. And so we spread out throughout the world. And when people look at us, the idea is they're seeing something of God. We are the image bearers of God second verse at the end of verse 30 of chapter 1 so uh, in, in the book of Genesis you'll know in that first section um, God creates on six days and uh, on the end of every day he looks at his work and goes "Hmm, that's good okay so he creates the planets yeah they're good yeah light and dark yeah that's good the water and the sky yeah that's good plants they're good the animals are good sixth day he creates a human and he looks at it and says that's Very good. Third verse we'll look at is in chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. That's a staggering image when you think about it. Uh, In order to shape this human form, God would have had to get on his knees God of the universe, the God created the world, gets down on his knees and starts playing in the dirt. But it gets even more dramatic than that. In order to breathe life into this body he has shaped, he has to draw his face close to the ground. And he's actually leaning over the top of humans. And has it ever occurred to you that God didn't have to create? A human body he could have created us just as spirits but he deliberately from the very outset it determined deliberately that the human existence was not to be disembodied but the human existence was to be embodied and that the spirit and the flesh were created together as the expression of God's will and as the presentation of his image to the world. Two implications. Anti-evolution, we are not animals. We are not part of a continuous process that goes from the amoebas through to to humans as the the upper end, That, that humans are created deliberately, separately by God, And they are the only beings which are described as his image in this universe. Second thing, we are not the owners of our bodies. Like all things, God created them and has entrusted us with his life and his spirit and our bodies all as part of the same process. The other staggering thing about the body when we we think about it is, is the incarnation. Okay, if we can have any doubts about the goodness, in fact, the very goodness of the human body, it has to be cast aside when we think that Jesus took on flesh. John chapter 1, verse 14: the word became flesh. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 Jesus had to become flesh and blood in order to atone for our sins. Jesus was fully human, fully human. His body was not at all different from our bodies. Uh, he grew, he, he cried, uh, he ate. He went to the toilet. He got aches and pains. All of that, the fullness of of human existence was was in Jesus the man and his divinity was not hindered in any way by his bodily being. Even more astounding when you think about it is not only the incarnation but the resurrection. Jesus was at pains to demonstrate to his disciples that his, re- bodily, his resurrected body was fully human. They, they, they originally, when Jesus appeared in the upper room, they're thinking, it's got to be a ghost. But Jesus goes out of his way and, and gets something to eat. You know, ghosts don't eat anything. So he, he, he deliberately makes sure that he, he eats in front of his disciples. And in fact... He even encourages them to touch him. And incredibly, Jesus' body, is, it's, it's different from his pre-resurrection body, but it is essentially the same and even bears the scars. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, it was not a spiritual activity, it was a physical activity. And I don't know where it is, but Jesus' body is somewhere at the moment. That will keep you awake at night, won't it? (laughs) But he is an embodied being and his body, complete with its scars, is going to come back to earth at at the consummation of the age. Good old C.S. Lewis always sums up these things so well. And in *Me, Christianity, he writes, Christianity is almost the only one of the great religions which thoroughly approves of the body, which believes that matter is good. God himself once took on a human body. Some kind of body is going to be given to us even in heaven and is going to be an essential part of our happiness, our beauty and our energy. David the psalmist didn't understand all that we understand about the human body, but already he could look at his body and go, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, And even now, with all we know of the body, we, we don't understand it fully, but we do know it's an incredibly, it's absolutely astounding If your eye was a camera, it would be a 576 megapixel camera. The best that humanity can come up with is about 250 megapixels. The human brain is still more powerful than the world's best supercomputer by a long, long way. Your heart will beat 1,000 times today. Hallelujah, Phil. (laughs) He and I have shared a history of problems with our with our hearts, so, but our hearts will beat today 1,000 times and they won't get tired. There are about 100, 160,000 kilometres of blood vessels in your, body, in your body. It is staggering, the complexity and the beauty and the brilliance of the human body. The Bible, particularly the Old Testament, is not at all concerned about celebrating human beauty. So Rebecca and Sarah uh, are identified as being beautiful, uh, appealing to the eye. Beautiful of form is the sort of language. Uh, uh, Daniel and his friends are described as as handsome and without blemish. Uh, King David is described as handsome. Joseph is described as well put together. But if you're going to go for the sexiest person in the Bible, the sexiest person in the Bible, winner hands down is a guy called Absalom, who is King David's third son. And he's described as, in all Israel there was not a man so highly praised for his handsome appearance That's Absalom. From the top of his head to the sole of his foot, there was no blemish in him. Whenever he cut the hair of his head, its weight was 200 shekels. That's about two kilos. This man has luscious locks. When people looked at him, they went, "Wow!" Let's not mention the Song of Songs. Let's do mention the Song of Songs. This is where the sermon loses its PG rating. Uh, Chapter 5, this is uh, the man describing his lover. No, sorry, this is the woman describing her her man. My beloved is radiant and ruddy, outstanding among 10,000. His head is purest gold. His hair is wavy and black as a raven. His eyes are like doves. By the water streams, washed in milk, mounted like jewels. His cheeks are like beds of spice, yielding perfume. His lips are like lilies, dripping with myrrh. His arms are rods of gold set with topaz. His body is like polished ivory, decorated with lapsus lazuli, which apparently some sort of beautiful gems. Spin over to chapter 7, hear the guy describe his lover. How beautiful your sandaled feet, O prince's daughter. Your graceful legs are like jewels, the work of an artist's hands. Your navel is a rounded goblet that never lacks blended wine. (laughs) Your waist is a mound of wheat encircled by lilies. Your breasts are like two fawns with twin fawns of a gazelle. Your neck is like an ivory tower. Your eyes are the pool of Heshbon by the gate of Bathrabin. Your nose is like the Tower of Damascus. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but anyway. <laughs> uh, your head crowned you like Mount Carmel. Your hair is like royal tapestry. Did you guys say that to your wives this morning, guys? <laughs> the king is held captive by its tresses. You can enjoy the rest of that in the privacy of your own home. <laughs> but we can be left in no doubt that the human body is to be celebrated. It is beautiful and, 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 and can be spoken about and recognised as an object reflecting the beauty of its creator. But for its emphasis on the external beauty in the Old Testament, it's also in both the Old Testament and the New Testament an emphasis that the reality and the most important thing is not outer beauty, but inner beauty. Uh, and, and, you know, 1 Samuel, that's so clear when looking at David who is described as handsome, uh, but God doesn't look at the outside. God is interested in what's going on on the inside. And, and Peter urges women, but it applies to men as well in, in 1 Peter 3, with uh, the unfading beauty of a quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. And this is strongly counter-cultural. Our culture now is obsessed with the external, with the appearance and as Christians, we need to be regrounding ourselves in this understanding over and over again. We've got to keep telling ourselves it's not about appearances, it's about what is on the inside. Beauty is on the inside. The, the beauty that counts is the beauty on the inside. And, and we will lose the battle against the media unless we are constantly reminding ourselves from the Scriptures that that is the way God sees things. But perhaps the, the biggest thing I want you to take home from today in this sort of big survey of what the Bible says about, about the body is that the body is an integrated being. It is a whole. There is no concept in the Old Testament or the New Testament of the separation of the body and the spirit. Certainly they're, they're, they're differentiated. They're I talked about separately. But the, the, the idea, the very Christian understanding of the body is that the body and the spirit are one and they are integrated and, and that the, there's no sense of them being separated. So the, in the, when you look at in the Old Testament, when people live, the, their spirit plays out in their bodies. So they, they cry the water comes out of their eyes they they sing the sound is the air is forced up into the their head cavity and it echoes around and comes out as a as a beautiful sound they when they pray, they raise their arms the, the, the body is involved in every aspect of their lives when they when they repent they they tear their garments and they throw themselves down on the ground. You get the idea that there's no concept of the spirit being di- cut away or removed from the body and it's always the body and the spirit uh, living together and so paul when he, when coming out of that background when in, in romans chapter 12 he's saying things like therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in the view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to god this is your true and proper worship You can't think of worship, you can't think of service disconnected from the physical, from from the body. In 1 Corinthians 6, he says, Flee from sexual immorality, therefore. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies... Are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. The Christian ethic of sexuality doesn't come from the fact that we are wowsers uh, and that we're prudes and that we've got a problem with our bodies. The, human, the Christian ethic of sexuality comes from the fact that we recognise that you cannot disconnect the body from the spirit, and they exist together. And so if you take your body and have sex with a prostitute, there is a spiritual dimension going on. Christians believe that sex is a spiritual activity, not just a physical And so what you do with your body affects your spirit and what you do with your spirit affects your body. And so don't treat your bodies loosely. Don't abuse your bodies because they are the temple of the Holy Spirit. (coughs) The most sacred thing in the whole universe that you will ever have contact with is the thing that is sitting in your seat at the moment. More sacred, more holy than anything else in the whole of creation. So use your body for worship. Your body is God's gift to you. It is your way of engaging with him and engaging with the world on your front line, in your workplaces, in your your families, in your clubs, in your community. Your body is God's gift for you to serve him and to serve the world. Delight in your body. Our bodies are the way that we feel the breeze. Our bodies are the way that we taste. Our bodies are the way that we experience a hug. Kids seem to be able to understand this better than us. You know, you see kids running around and jumping in puddles. They're experiencing the wonder and the beauty of God's creation through their bodies just the way it was intended to be. But somewhere along the line, we stopped recognizing as our bodies as a place of delight, and we began to think that our bodies were all about what they looked like. And we lost so much: Delight in your bodies. And finally, care for your body. It's so hard to keep it in balance but we must feed both the spirit and the flesh. Uh, Often we we can focus too much on the spirit to the neglect of our body. And sometimes we focus too much on our bodies to the neglect of our spirit. But they are interconnected. We are whole, integrated beings. We must pursue the, the goodness of both. I must confess to you, I've had a a fairly awkward relationship with my body over the years. I've got knobby knees. I've got a big nose. spent a lot of time worrying about that. But the very fact that I've I've worried about that stuff meant that I've I've, I've missed the boat in terms of what the Bible tells me about my body. The Bible tells me that uh, it's... It's an integrated whole thing. And, and that it's not so, the importance is not what it looks like. The importance is how I use my body. And that beauty, the key aspect is the inner beauty that we have. Again, like understanding that my body is not something that's separate from me, but my body is me. And that my body will be resurrected and that my eternal destiny is an embodied presence with my embodied Saviour and my embodied brothers and sisters in Christ. It's time we all stop worrying so much about what our body looks like and instead focus on what we do with it. Join with me in prayer. Father, we thank you for this incredible gift of our bodies. And we thank you that we can embrace this world and embrace you through it. And Lord, as we we gather here this morning, there are some who have very awkward relationships with their bodies. Whether that be that they, they worship their bodies or whether that be they despise their bodies. Lord, help us to get it right. You you know how difficult it is to live in a a media-saturated, sexualized culture that we we live in. But Lord, help us to take to heart the truth of your scripture and, and the reality of the fact that we are integrated bodies and that we are created for your service, And Lord, we commit ourselves to you in this and look forward to the day when our bodies will be raised, perfected like yours, and that we will enjoy eternity dancing and singing and jumping in puddles.